Welcome to the Busy Signal. My name is Jim, and this is my retro-stalgic 80s, 90s, and early 2000s podcast. This show aims to salute all the stuff from back in the day that is now extinct or quickly going that way. This episode, I'm going down memory lane, and I'm bringing a shovel with me, because I'm going to be digging up some things that are no longer with us. Things that were really kind of basic and commonplace, things that were just everywhere and had been everywhere for such a long time. And then, boom, replaced. And it was wild to see during prep for this episode how quickly the things that they were replaced with have also been replaced. Like, within the span of like 10 years. It's kind of just crazy how quickly technology is moving these days. The other thing I realized while I was doing the prep for this podcast was how sometimes you look back fondly on these things. And you can be like, oh, back in the day we had this and we had to do this. But I don't miss it some of those things. I don't miss it at all, actually. I'm like, oh, could I go back and live like that? Some of them, yeah. But I think in this episode, no, I wouldn't actually want to go back to the things that we had before. <laughs> I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to do that. For example, answering machines. Everybody had an answering machine. Right there in the kitchen or the living room next to the phone that you'd have attached to the wall with a 30-foot cord so you could go out of the room, down the stairs, around the corner, and shut your bedroom door so nobody would hear your conversation with your friend. Everybody had an answering machine, and everybody had a greeting on that answering machine that they would record. And sometimes it would be basic, you know, you've reached the blah, blah, blah family, leave a message. Sorry we couldn't get to the phone. Leave a message after the beep. Yeah, people would get kind of crazy with it sometimes. And have like full theatrics and rhymes and music in the background. It was kind of a, a weird thing. Nowadays, you know, people don't even set up their voicemail. And you hear the automated robot saying, you've reached 555555, blah, blah, blah. Leave a message, you know. There's always the beep. The beep has stuck. That's not extinct. And in order to record your greeting and the messages that people would leave for you, you would have to use mini cassette tapes. And those only had so much room on them. Once they ran out, you would have to rewind and start all over again, record over those messages, or else people couldn't leave you messages because you'd reach the end of the tape. Unless you wanted to save the messages that people left for you, because I don't know why you would, but some people do, I suppose. And you would pop in a fresh new mini cassette tape. The downfalls of the answering machine, the, the cons of the answering machine, if you had a power outage, well, that would knock your greeting out and you had to re-record your greeting over again. Or you would run out of tape sometimes mid-message and you would miss the rest of that person's message if you hadn't re rewound the tape to start over again. For the person leaving the message, it's not like voicemail today. You don't get that option to, would you like to review your message or add on to it? You would just, you would left the message if you stumbled through your words or you, you know, the tape ran out or you went too long. You didn't get to re-record your message. It was, it was out there. If you said something you didn't want to say, too bad. I remember eventually my family got uh, a Panasonic phone and it had, it didn't have uh, tape. It had built-in memory and it had four mailboxes. So you could have individuals on those mailboxes. Like my parents had a mailbox. I had a mailbox and, you know, anybody else in the family could have had a mailbox, which meant we all got to record our own greeting. And that was cool. For me, it was cool. So I did the theatrical thing and I'm sure I, you know, my name is Jim and had a little rap or something like that and maybe some kind of rhyme or limerick and you could leave me a message. That was fun. But alas, answer machines are no more and we have voicemail. And I think that's okay. Voicemail's not so bad. 
you know, I think it's a, it's an upgrade. It's not necessarily like I miss answering machines. So we salute the answering machines and we welcome the voicemail. So answering machines were our first stop on the memory lane. Next stop, phone books. Remember phone books? Everywhere had a phone book. Every family had a phone book. Every business had a phone book. You'd stop at a payphone, and sometimes if there wasn't some crazy person that ripped the phone book off of the, the, the payphone, there was a phone book right there at the payphone. If you needed a phone number or needed to find out you know, where somebody even lived, you could open up your local phone book and search by name and find an address or find a phone number. You'd crack open that phone book and let your fingers do the walking. And I remember there was the white pages and the yellow pages. And the white pages were for your local, you know, town, surrounding area. And the yellow pages were for the businesses. Nowadays, obviously, we just use the internet. Or we have stored phone numbers in our phones. And, you know, we can just look up addresses and phone numbers at will. But if you go back and you remember, phone books were for more than just phone numbers. We used them for all sorts of reasons. If you just weren't tall enough to reach something, you just slap that thing on the floor and stand on it. And all of a sudden you've gained six inches. Or if you're a little kid sitting at the Thanksgiving, you know, kids table and you just can't reach that table, a phone book give you a good boost. And what do tough guys use now to prove their toughness? I mean, back in the day, you grabbed a phone book and you ripped that thing in half. And all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa, we don't mess with that guy. We don't touch him. What do guys do now? Either way. All that information in the phone book is now conveniently online. Do I miss the phone book? Not really. Because then sometimes you'd realize that like you had like 16 phone books from over the years and they were just getting dusty in a, in a corner somewhere. And then you're looking like, which is, the, which is the more updated phone book? Which is this year's phone book? Or the phone book would come usually in a plastic bag and it was thrown onto your driveway. And if you didn't get to it right away and it rained, well, now you got a gross phone book and it's, it's really no good to you and you ended up throwing it out. And then you just didn't have a phone book that year. So phone books are another thing that's just, it's kind of fun to remember how we used to do it, but I'm okay with not having the phone book. It's cool to remember them. It's something that you definitely look back and say, oh, that was cool. We had phone books back then, but now we don't need them. So farewell phone books. Let your fingers do the walking. Moving on down the lane. I didn't really need a big shovel for this one, maybe a spade. I pulled up a manual car window handle. Remember those? We didn't have electric windows back in the day. If you wanted air, you had to roll the window down. And if you were driving and you wanted another window down, you had to ask somebody, can you roll your window down? Or if it was a hot day and you knew you were going to need air because maybe your air conditioner didn't work or back in the day, sometimes cars just didn't have air conditioning. You would have to preemptively open all the doors and roll down those windows one by one. And then when you got to your destination, you'd have to roll them up one by one. And then if while you were driving, it started raining, well, then you're scrambling to roll your windows up. And that might mean you have to pull over to the side of the road. Unless you were one of those dangerous people who were trying to roll up their windows while driving in rain. Don't do that. Nowadays, it is all electronic and you can operate all those windows with just four little buttons. But back in the day, we just had those rollers and we had to roll a window up or roll a window down. You didn't even think about it. And since it's been so long now that we've had electronic windows, you might even forget, oh yeah, you had to roll a window. And sometimes those things would pop off and you'd have to try and like MacGyver them back on so that the window still worked. They were notorious for that. You'd be in the middle of rolling up a window and boop, one pops right off and you're trying to put it back on and you'd have to like hold it onto the door while you rolled it up or down. It was terrible. So do I miss the window rollers? No, no, I don't. 
I don't really. Not one bit. So long, window rollers. At this point down my journey in memory lane, things start to kind of like snowball. And one thing definitely leads into another and possibly even another after that. One item I uh, fondly remember was disposable cameras. As a kid, they were invaluable. If you wanted to take pictures, well, your parents weren't going to give you their expensive camera and buy you film constantly because you're wasting film on pictures. You got a disposable camera. You got 27 pictures to take, and that was it. It did come with a flash. The shell was cardboard, and you had a little winder at the top right, and you would wind it between pictures to ready the next picture. It was pure point and shoot, bare bones. There was no little screen on it so you could see the picture you were going to take. You just looked through the little window there, pointed it, and click. The quality was, by today's standards, absolute trash. But we didn't know any better back then, so it, it was great. It was wonderful. And once you took your 27 pictures, you could take it to most any grocery store, convenience store, drug store, and you could drop off your camera, the whole camera, and they would develop the film for you. Sometimes in as quick as an hour. And it was almost like Christmas every time you would go pick up your developed film because you might have forgotten some of the pictures you took. If you didn't you know, take the pictures like that same day that you picked up your film, you might have taken those pictures a month ago, a week ago, and you had forgotten. Oh my gosh, remember I took that picture? Oh, that person's eyes are closed or I look awful. There was no retakes on these. You couldn't preview the, the pictures like we can today. It was, oh man, my thumb is in the way on like 16 of these 27 pictures. Oh, that stinks. So you could spend like 10 bucks on getting your film developed only to get like three good pictures. You just had to get good at taking those pictures. There was no way around it. And then some people would like to hack their, their disposable cameras, even though the 27 pictures had been spent. There was always that one kid that figured out how to still make the flash go off in your eyes because they just like to annoy people. I was not that person, by the way, just for the record. And then digital cameras came in and they were working on replacing the disposable camera. So you only had to buy this camera once and you had that huge upgrade of that screen in the back where you could preview your picture and then delete it if it was a bad one and retake your photo. The limitation was that it only had 1.44 megabytes of memory. That's right. It took a three and a quarter inch floppy disk for memory. So no more film. We're now into the space age with data storage and it took a three and a quarter inch floppy. So if you wanted to get your pictures out of that camera, you had to take that floppy disk and jam it in your computer, and then you could get it developed. But I feel like at that point in time, you really weren't developing those pictures. One, they actually were worse, I feel like, than disposable camera pictures, because it was such low memory. 1.44 megabytes of memory, that's pretty low. So you're either gonna get one really good picture, or like 15, pixely pictures. Also, because it took a three and a quarter inch floppy disk, they were kind of big and clunky and expensive. It wasn't really until like the early 2000s when point and shoot cameras with internal memory or SD cards came into play. It wasn't until then where digital camera technology really replaced the disposable camera. But then the point and shoot camera didn't really last that long either because cameras started being included on phones. And as soon as the iPhone happened, wow, all of a sudden we really got away from those point and shoot cameras. So you see how quickly that happened. It was just like we had regular cameras forever 
And then we all of a sudden had disposable cameras somewhere in like the the 90s. And then digital cameras started coming around in the the mid to late 90s. And then by 2006, with the the introduction of the iPhone, now nobody's using point and shoot cameras and nobody's using disposable cameras. That's for sure. So disposable cameras, I fondly remember them. Do I really want to go back to that? No, because I wasted a lot of money on junk pictures. So I salute the disposable camera. So I carry a Kodak Funsaver camera. Why some people carry a pager? Brilliant. Which leads me into the next stop down memory lane. We just dug them up with our disposable cameras and our digital cameras, floppy disks. But before the three and a quarter inch floppy disk, there was five and a half inch floppy disks. And before my time, there was eight inch floppy disks, but I'm not talking about those because I wasn't alive for them. But five and a half inch floppy disks, they were, they were floppy. They were thin plastic casing around a, a magnetic disc that spun. And that's where all your, your information was held on that magnetic plastic disc. And the information you could hold on it, the size, a whopping 360 kilobytes, which was pretty big back then. You didn't really need a lot of information to be held because computers couldn't handle a lot of information back then. So th there wasn't really much you needed. Computer programs were much more simplistic. At most, if you were installing a program, maybe it came with two disks. If you were storing information on a floppy disk, gosh, we're talking kilobytes, not megabytes here. You're talking kilobytes. You're talking like you were saving very simplistic files back then. Word files weren't that big. There wasn't a need for anything bigger. And then by the time the 90s rolled around, the five and a half inch floppy was replaced by the three and a quarter inch floppy. And it wasn't floppy anymore. It was rigid. It was smaller and it was rigid and it still had that plastic magnetic disc in it. And it held, as we mentioned earlier, 1.44 megabytes, which was a pretty big upgrade. But we were still using those things for everything. I mean, if you wanted to save work for school, you saved it on those floppy disks. Eventually, you collected a lot of floppy disks. Programs sometimes were taking like seven disks in order to install. If you were installing a fresh install of Windows 95, that was like seven disks, I think. And then there was a tab on the floppy disk so that you wouldn't overwrite your information, you would lock it. Because if you didn't do that and you started saving a larger file, it could replace what you already had on there. Uh-oh, no good. You had a label on the front of it and you had to label your floppy disk so you, you remembered what was on it. So if you, you didn't lose your homework amongst 16 different floppy disks, and then the floppy disks could go bad, they could get errors, and then all of a sudden that floppy disk is dead, or you'd be installing a program and it would say, there was an error during your install of Windows 95 on disk number three, it would say error, and you would have to start the whole installation process over again. So floppy disks were kind of a struggle. And I remember in the late 90s, floppy disks got another upgrade by a company named iOmega, and you could get what's called a zip disk or a jazz disk. And they were like big, thick floppy disks. They were bigger, not quite five and a half inches. And they were rigid. And the zip disk could hold 100 megabytes, which is almost 100 three and a quarter inch floppy disks. Or the jazz drive could hold 250 megabytes, which was massive back then. But the thing is, you had to install another drive in your computer. So you'd have your A drive or your your disk drive, your floppy disk drive, and then you'd have to have another drive in there to handle these disks. To transport that information, the computer where you were taking it to also had to have that same drive so that it could interface with the disk. Those didn't really last very long, although my family did have one, and basically it was almost for personal storage because I didn't know anybody else that had a zip drive. But that really wasn't a worry for too long because boom, out of nowhere, here comes 
recordable, rewritable CDs. CDs had been around since the 80s, but really in those late 90s, burnable CDs was like, it just came out of nowhere and it exploded. Everybody had stacks of burnable CDs and pair that up with Napster or LimeWire, there was no stopping it. They completely replaced floppy disks pretty much. Nobody was saving their information on floppy disks. You put it on CDs. They were thinner, lighter, easier to use. Yeah, they got scratched sometimes, but you would just reburn the CD. Done. Floppy disks had been around since the 60s. They were commonplace, and now all of a sudden they were just trash. CDs, man. They were great. They held a lot of information. 650 megabytes. Or, like I said, you pair that up with uh, Napster or LimeWire, you've got 74 minutes of music. But even burn CDs didn't last that long. I mean, yeah, we were burning them for like maybe a good 10 years. But thumb drives and SD cards came along and they're all of a sudden able to hold gigabytes of information. There's no end to it, what they can hold. But then the early 2000s happen and burning CDs becomes less and less. Why? Flash drive technology, thumb drives, SD cards, and they just keep getting smaller and smaller and holding more and more information. At this point in time, they can hold terabytes. Most computers nowadays don't even come with a CD drive. So CDs are, for all intents and purposes, they've been replaced as well. Why panic? When you can rely on Maxell's Super RD2 floppy disks. With their distinctive multi-layer liner, unique disk surface treatment, and dustproof anti-static flex shutter. Reliability and durability are guaranteed. The Maxell Super RD2, the disk you can rely on. Which brings me to the next stop. It's going to be a, a doozy, a trifecta stop. It's going to handle three of my next things. We're kind of going to Tarantino it because it's going to bring us right back to flash drive technology. The Walkman. It was everywhere. Everybody had a Walkman. It was all over advertisements. Any self-respecting teenager had a Walkman so they could play their cassette tape music. It was a must-have. It was the Sony Walkman. Didn't matter, though, if you had an off-brand Walkman. Everybody called it a Walkman. I had the sport one. It was thick plastic and yellow. And I got some miles out of that thing, that's for sure. Loved my Walkman. Finally, music had been freed from the records. Yeah, we already had the cassettes, but now you had a portable way to take those cassettes with you, jogging, working out, running, sitting in a room that didn't have a cassette player in it in the car when you didn't want to listen to your parents' terrible music. It was great. When you think about the 80s, you almost think about, you know, a Walkman, a skateboard, a Rubik's Cube. Those are just iconic. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. The Walkman from Sony, the one and only. But as we learned, CDs, they not only replaced floppy disks, they replaced cassette tapes as well. And Sony was on it. Sony knew what they were doing. They transitioned that Walkman into the Discman, also iconic for the 90s. You could pop that Pure Moods Lifetime music CD in there and you could listen to it whenever you want and just chill. If you were in the car, you had to make sure you got the Discman that had the anti-skip technology. The Sony Discman with ESP. We developed ESP technology to absorb shocks and bumps and help prevent your CDs from skipping. Absolutely. It was a must-have. It was just big enough to fit in your massively wide Genko jean pockets. So it was still pretty portable. But in the very same fashion, the music CD, the Discman, was replaced by Flash technology. And who do we have to thank for that? Steve Jobs. Music could get even more portable. And Steve Jobs and Apple gave us that more portable player 
in the iPod. This amazing little device holds a thousand songs and it goes right in my pocket. All of a sudden you weren't limited to 74 minutes of music, one disc at a time. You could have all of your music, all of the music. And people did. They hit up the Napster, they hit up the LimeWire, they downloaded all the viruses and killed their parents' computer, but they got all the music. If your friend had a CD you didn't have, you know you ripped that thing and put it right on your iPod. It created like a wild, wild west in the music industry. That's another show for another time, though. Because just like everything that we're talking about today, something gets replaced by something, and then boom, it gets replaced pretty quickly. Because the iPod got replaced really quickly with the uh, introduction of the iPhone. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod, a phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. All of a sudden, your phone was your iPod and your iPod was your phone. And then iPod sales dipped off because everybody was buying the iPhone, which had an internal storage of gigabytes and you could have your music and your phone and the internet. It was just crazy. Like I said, wild, wild west times. I loved my iPod. I had one. I had a couple of them and I loved the click wheel. Oh, that was satisfying. Going, taking your finger around the click wheel. As a matter of fact, I still have my iPod and it still works. The thing's a beast, but obviously I'm not using it. I have a phone and I can stream things because we don't need the internal flash necessarily. I don't know that anybody's storing music on their phone anymore because everybody streams it from Spotify and, and Apple and, and Google and YouTube. So everybody has all the music now, but there's no need to actually physically own the music. So that one was kind of crazy. You start out with the cassette tapes and the Walkman and boom, boom, boom. Within like 20 years, cassette tapes are dead. Walkman is dead. Discman is dead. iPod is dead. It's crazy. So that was my trip down memory lane this past week and prep for this podcast. It was just nuts to think about how the things that I look back fondly on, sometimes I don't actually necessarily miss. I do actually, though, miss my iPod. I do miss that because I liked to hold it. I did like that. And I did like the idea of owning music. I still own a lot of CDs. I have booklets of CDs. And sometimes I get overwhelmed, like, what do I want to listen to on the streaming services? And then if I don't pay for those streaming services, now I've got to listen to commercials. So there's pros and cons. I do miss the iPod. That's probably the one thing I do miss out of this trip from memory lane. I look back on those things that we remembered fondly, but I don't know that I miss all of them. So I would say that's a wrap. That's been 10 things from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s that are completely obsolete or just plain extinct. And oh, and maybe you know what else I might miss? I might miss the disposable camera, just not the camera itself and the quality of the camera or the pictures, but I miss the element of surprise when I would get my film developed. I miss that. But anyway, is there anything that I talked about today that you miss or that you remember fondly? Hit me up on BusySignalCast at Instagram or BusySignalCast at gmail.com. Let me know if you're still using any of these things. Are you still using an iPod? Do you still have an iPod? Do you still use, you know, zip drives or three and a quarter inch floppies? I'd really be surprised if anybody was. Take a picture and share it on Instagram and tag BusySignalCast. I'll also read any of your interesting comments or emails that you leave at any of those online spots, the Instagram or the, the Gmail. I'd love to hear uh, feedback from any of you. Uh, I'll even take criticism. 
bring it on. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing and rating and leaving a good review so that we can get the word out and maybe build up a community around all the stuff that we remember. I think it'd be really cool to get other people's experiences and input and see what else is still out there. Like, you know, our first episode was payphones. Let's try and get some pictures of payphones. It'd be really cool to, to build up a community and see who else has this stuff that we're talking about out there. So this has been fun. Remember, episodes come out every other Friday. Until next time, reach out and touch the past. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Thank <laughs> you.